Hi guys, I'm Harris, host of the HMO Experience Property Podcast. And in this episode of the podcast, my co-host Jamie Medill has a chat with Stephanie Taylor of HMO Heaven as part of our Experienced Investor Series. Now, you may know Stephanie and her sister Nikki as they both run a successful training business called Rent to Rent Success. And they've recently published a new book called Rent to Rent Success, our ethical six-step system to getting you started in property without buying it. The title speaks for itself, so make sure you head over to Amazon and go and buy yourself a copy. We've left the link in the show notes. And before we head into this episode, which is very honest and open as Stephanie shares her journey from financial hardship and being a young mother to living a comfortable corporate life and then starting her property journey when her mum fell ill in 2016. Before you head off, make sure you head over to the hmoexperience.co.uk website and download the 11 steps to running your successful HMO property business, as well as a, a bunch of other free resources we've got on the website. Make sure you buy uh, Stephanie's new book on Amazon. And whilst you're there, make sure you cop a copy of Jamie's new book as well called The HMO Blueprint. And if you haven't done so already, Join Clubhouse if you're an Apple user as Jamie, Steve and I host the HMO Experience Property Club Room every Friday at 5 p.m. where it is an all-access arena and you can come and ask us any questions around rent-to-rent, HMO and starting and scaling your own property business every week. That's it from me. Let's head into the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the latest episode of the HMO Experience Property Podcast. My name is Jamie Medill. I'm your co-host today, and I'm delighted. This is a very special episode. I'm delighted because, for the first time ever, I'm meeting and interviewing a special guest, and that's Stephanie Taylor. Stephanie is uh, an incredible woman. She's got some uh, brilliant property experience and track record we're really going to dive deeper into in this podcast interview and she's the co-founder of hmo heaven and rent to rent success a property training course about how anybody can use rent to rent to generate her income in terms of hmo heaven it is a leading hmo management and development company based in wales again i'm going to ask Stephanie lots of questions about that and along with her sister and business partner nikki um, stephanie have grown together hmo heaven into a really substantial business as well as securing contracts worth over two million pounds in under three years uh, she's now together with uh, sister buying properties to buy multi-unit blocks hmos and commercial units so there's a huge amount of uh, uh, value and content we're going to get into in this episode which is why i'm really excited about it so um stephanie that's my intro uh, great to have you here thank you for joining how are you doing today really good it's it's amazing to be here and i'm really looking forward to chatting with you i've admired you from afar i didn't tell you that before we started oh, uh, started you. recording <laughs> i've been gosh. a secret stalker uh, oh, so, gosh. So okay <laughs> <laughs> anything else to worry about <laughs> possibly possibly <laughs> oh that's lovely that's very kind thank you stephanie well again likewise uh, and again th- this is this is why i love doing the podcast because um we were talking actually before we started recording this episode where we're all busy doing our property businesses and our sort of jobs as it were 
And, and sometimes you don't necessarily um, get around to doing all the things you'd love to do, such as meeting, connecting with more people in your peer group. And, and likewise, with, with yourself and your sister, Nikki, too, we've been watching what you're doing. Again, it looks incredible. We've, seen, we've heard some great feedback from people who have done training with you and followed you, too. And again, as, as a little bit of an insight, one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you on this podcast, uh, you know, put aside all the uh, the property experience and the and the uh, the examples and information you can share, was because you went on one of my friends' podcasts, uh, Wealth Talk, uh, with Christian at Wealth Builders, and I, I'm a big fan of uh, Christian and Kevin and what they do at Wealth Builders, and I'm also a client of those on their on their Mastermind program. So that's also where I heard you most recently. Yeah, I, I I love Christian and Kevin as well. I think their work is so important because yeah. uh, when you when you start in this, as we'll as we'll find out, I haven't been doing it for very long, but you soon get to the stage where you need to learn how to invest all this extra income, and from going to a stage of maybe worrying that you don't have enough money, then you go to a stage of worrying what to do with the, the money you have, which is a really lovely problem to have, but um, thank goodness for people, uh, you know, for Wealth Builders and Wealth Talks, because it really helps um, people to get started on that journey. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We can, we can talk about that a bit, a, bit, a bit more, actually, if we dig into that a bit later on today. But, um, okay, so this is, as I said, this is, this is a, a, an episode I've been looking forward to for a while, Stephanie. And um, would you mind, for those of our subscribers and our regular listeners and those watching on YouTube, uh, in our channel there, um, just to paint a bit of a picture as to how you got into property in the first place, because I don't think as many people know that story. So do you mind casting your way back to your mind back to a few years ago? How did it all start? Yeah, it's so funny, Jamie, because it seems like now that I've been in property for, for, for donkey's years, but actually it's a pretty recent thing. So in 2016, I was working in the bank I just want to say, working as a waitress in the cocktail bar, but you've got to be a certain age. <laughs> yeah, I get it, Stephanie, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was working in a bank, not quite as exciting, um, and uh, in uh, contracting and financial services, um, and pretty well paid, um, but just decided I was a bit tired. And just to give you a little bit of further context without going give my whole life story is that I was a teenage mum at 19 and suffered with, um, you know, low self-esteem, low goals, uh, you know, really struggled with money. And this went on for a, a lot of years, really, in various different uh, guises. But I, I did um, manage eventually to get myself sorted and get onto the professional ladder and all of the rest of it. Um, so I've been through real hardships financially and also been sort of quite comfortable with, in, you know, in corporate life. And it was five years ago when I was quite comfortable in corporate life and that my mum got ill. That was the, that was the, the moment because I think a lot of people have a moment where they think, right, that is it. I am... Yeah. I'm changing because the change has cost as well mm. because you feel comfortable even though there might be pain where your current situation is. Like a lot of us now with Corona, uh, people are questioning 
how they're living their lives and um but even though there might be pain attached to your current lifestyle there's also comfort and yes. so to push yourself out of the comfort and do this new scary thing when you don't really think that you're skilled at it that was the situation i was in but because mom got ill and i could just see the future that i needed to be able to be more flexible um and i knew that business was the answer but I didn't think I could be a business person. It's so funny now, because now that I run a business, I realize you don't have to be anything extra special to run a business. Uh, but in any case, at the time I was, I was conscious. I thought, oh gosh, I don't know all these business things that people know. Yeah. Um, but I thought I could work out property. And that was how it came that I started up in, uh, in property. Okay. How's your, how's your mother now? Is she okay? Oh, she's absolutely fine. She's better oh, than you would be, baby. She's, uh, she's in her 70s. She's, she's retired, and she, but she walks 20,000 steps a day, good even time. in lockdown. She's walking up and down her house. She's walking around like a caged tiger around her bedroom. <laughs> she's, up and down her, she's up and down her garden. She's, she's, she's got garden front and back, and so she's just round and round there because she, a few years ago, I bought her a Fitbit, Talk about getting up and walking with something. My sister and mum and I were all competing on this leaderboard, but she, she's just kept going. We faded <laughs> after a year and have disappeared to nothing. I'd be lucky if I get 2,000 steps today. <laughs> she's 20,000. It's amazing. a total commitment. I know. That's oh, good for her. I'm delighted that obviously she's, uh, she's fitting well. That's great. But, but uh, do you mind if I just dig into a bit of your corporate background? Because I hear this a lot and I personally experience this a lot. You, you do some things in your sort of, what, what, I don't know about your mum, but my mum calls it a proper job, not property, but a proper yes. job. You know? yes, and yeah. um, I had, like you had a proper job. And then when I made that decision, like you did, obviously a few years beforehand, but I made that same decision. And I really get the whole issue of, or the concerns and fears of pushing yourself out of your comfortable life. Yes. So, but you transitioned into property and you mentioned business there. There must have been some transferable skills from your corporate background, what you did at the bank, that you could bring surely into your property business. Is there anything you're looking back on it now that you can relate to or identify as sort of transferable skills that's useful to you today? Oh, yes. I mean, all of the skills, all of the skills of struggling previously, of, mm. um, you know, being a single mom, of, you know, managing households, of managing relationships between people, all of those things that you learn over decades yes. and still learning, still learning. Yeah. Uh, so all of that comes into HMO management, into people management, into business. Yeah. It's all about people and relationships, you know, in the good times, it's no problem. Everyone can succeed. It's when you can get good at having difficult conversations, you become, become really incredible in business. Yeah. And um, so it's all of those softer skills that all of us have. If we've mm. been here for a long time, even yeah. if we haven't been here for a long time, if we've been consciously thinking about it, uh, you can apply those to business. I think the most important thing for business success that I didn't know before or I found out luckily just as I was starting up this business is there is um, a, a journey. There's a step-by-step -step system for success uh, in business. 
you know, for each different business type, there's a model. You have to go through these different stages. And okay, yes, you can innovate on those stages once you know them. But if you know them, then you're not, business is not such a chance. It's actually, you're following the formula for success and you will succeed. And I hadn't realized this before. I thought it was all just random who succeeded. And once I realized that, it was just, there was, there was just no stopping me. <laughs> yeah, and that's wonderful to hear because I think you're right. I think it is those softer skills. And sometimes anybody, irrespective of your starting life or your background, for example, or where you've worked in the past, it, whether this is property or business overall, which is wider, um, I think there are things that you pick up along the way. Like you said, irrespective of your age and your experience, if you are open uh, to uh, and, and present and understand people around you, it is those softer skills that are absolutely key. And I'd love to ask you a bit more about that, if I may, because you're working, you, you said you're your business partner and obviously sister Nikki, you're working together. Yeah. So um, how is that as a, as a side dynamic? Because I don't know about you, Stephanie, I've often been told by various mentors or property trainers in the past, for example, never invest or do business <laughs> with friends and family. That's like a disaster zone. But you guys are obviously incredibly successful. How, so how have you found working together? And, and what roles do you play differently or together in the business? Yeah, well, I suppose it's very similar with you working with Matt and Steve. Um, but uh, you, well, first of all, you have to manage your mind a lot mm. more than you do. Well, you have to manage your mind whatever you do in business, whether you're on your own or whether you're with a partner. Um, but I love working with my sister. My sister is so different to me. Um, remember we talked, uh, and, but my sister's a very detailed person. She doesn't like mm. to assume anything. If I give her a first name of somebody and then we're talking in context, she wants to know the surname. She yeah. wants to know the detail <laughs> to make sure that we're all on the same page. And I like to just give the shorthand. Um, and I'm more the bigger picture. She's more the detail. So it's a perfect combination for business, but very irritating. And the other thing that... <laughs> What's irritating? Sorry, that she's detail-oriented, you're not. Well, this is I'm getting to. The, the thing that's especially irritating is that she's usually right. Um, <laughs> Do you tell her that? <laughs> yeah, it's very irritating. Because um, I know that when I'm about to sort of say uh i don't agree or whatever i know that she's usually right um very irritating in the sister <laughs> but we get on the reason why we've been able to make it work is she needs certain things to feel appreciated and so, so do i um but mine are the normal things and hers are strange weird uh, so, <laughs> so, so i i have to learn to uh communicate in a way that makes her feel valued because the way previously I was communicating did not make her feel valued. Like when mm. I say, I'm not spending any more time on those receipts. If it's there, it's there. If it's not there, you'll have to do with that. I see it. You know, yeah. that makes her feel that her role um, is unimportant or that I feel her role is unimportant when that is not the case. Mm. But what the case is for me is I'm going to focus on my high value tasks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be dealing with these receipts, which I view yeah, I do view that as less important for me. I think that's what the bookkeeper should be doing. And I'm not going to spend any more of my time on it. So you can see where there's, there's, there's potential for clashes there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I get it. Uh, Steffi, I'm living your world too. I'm the same with Steve. So 
as uh, I think you mentioned, you've, you've uh, you know a bit about Steve and I, you've listened to our podcast and stuff. Steve is yeah. probably very much like Nikki. Uh, they, they probably share yeah. similar characteristics and requirements, yeah. which is um, detail and completion. You know, I want to make sure you've got all the information. I'm probably a bit more like you. I'm, I'm bigger picture, um, strategic approach, higher level, bringing people together, all of that stuff. And, um, and I wonder if it's different, you working with your sister, because you've obviously known each other all your lives, versus a business partnership like Steve and I. Steve and I have been working together since 2013. So we, we, we know, like, and trust each other. Of course, we are friends. But we're also business partners, and I'm very conscious. Of all, there's still uh, um, almost a how do I put this lightly? A little politeness in how yeah. we deal with each other, yes. because I'm very conscious of my role in the business partnership, and Steve's very conscious of his. But because we are not, you know, family, we're not we're not brothers, for example, like yourself and your sister. Um, there is still that divide. Is the wrong word. Uh, definitely the wrong yeah. word, but there's still that um, almost like invisible barrier that we wouldn't cross. So probably not as open and transparent as we could be with each other. Uh, he probably yeah. thinks, Jamie, oh, you're such a bloody idiot, when I'm, when I'm doing things my way. <laughs> and I might think that as well in some instances, again, like you, definitely, definitely receipts and, and uh, spreadsheets and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I probably wouldn't say it. Uh, I'm conscious of it. I'm probably thinking it. And it's, I'm only thinking now for the first time because you're mentioning how you're doing something similar with the sister. You know, that's, that's a whole new level. That's interesting for me. So, so coming back to, to your roles then in the business. So, so, yeah. so what does Nikki do in um, HMO Heaven? What, what's her key role and what's your key role? How do you divide the roles and responsibilities between yourself? Bearing in mind yeah. you're reflecting your natural traits. Great, great question. So the other thing is, Jamie, what I've realized is I've been very good uh, now anyway not so much earlier but at delegating mm. so a lot of the roles that I originally did in in HMO Heaven are now done by other people so I'm I'm trying to coax Nikki into that so she can move to to the next level but Nikki is in charge of operations okay but in a lot so we have um Nikki and the our other full-time permanent is is Luke and so Luke is in charge of uh, keeping our uh, housemates happy mm. and part of that is you know all of the correspondence and liaison uh, on repairs or anything like that moving people mm. in and moving people out so that's obviously keeping the rooms full as well and and all of the the day-to-day -day of that is in Luke's camp but he'll be talking to Nikki about what he's doing there and what what the plans are and liaising with her she will liaise with the contractors for example and oversee uh, some elements of 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 what Luke is doing but Nikki is in charge of operations so that's one of her tasks mm. and the, her other tasks are you know the the finances mm -hmm. so we have it's there's a lot of there's a lot of transactions in this type of business yes yeah. so uh, as you know uh, yes. so we, we we use zero but we have a bookkeeper who's working a lot of hours and we also have an accountant who charges us a lot of money because we've got seven limited companies and um so that, that there's a lot of investment there so she's overseeing all of that piece all of our legal piece um contracts and anything like that um so she, she's overseeing all of that now so mm -hmm. consequently as you can 
see from that description, I'm not really doing very much in HMO Heaven. My yeah. roles in HMO Heaven are two roles. One is I'm, I meet with Nikki every week where we talk about our strategic, strategic, strategic even, I can't even say it. <laughs> strategic, but we, <laughs> we also yeah. talk about logistics. You know, we, we talk mainly about strategy and the things that aren't going to happen unless we make them. Mm. But then we also have a section where we just skate over operational if there's any big issues happening. Yeah. So, so we, I have that one meeting with Nikki each week and I have one meeting with Luke each week uh, for half an hour. And that focus of that is what's happening with the rooms and um, what do we need to do differently? What's feedback on different properties and mm of that because working with him we've been able to one of one of our values is is excellence another one is improvement so we're always looking to improve so through those conversations we actually have had a lot of different improvements that we've been able to bring in because we can see what people are asking for at the viewings yes. and what what feedback is to different types of properties some of which surprise us yeah. um but yeah, so so that's, that's oh, and one last role that I have in HMO Heaven, which is a, a very time limited role, is you know finding new properties mm. because we're now known in our area. Actually, if you Google HMO, maybe it only happens for me, but we come up on the first page. Brilliant. Um, but um, but so we people we're already known in our local area, and we've been sending our letters out for quite a while. So I I you know manage that sending out of letters, and mm. when landlords first get in touch, then I would be the one to uh, speak to them. But most of my time is on our other business. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll come on to that other business as well in a minute, if I may. But I think um, I think that there are definite parallels that I can recognise in how you work and operate, and uh, not just yourself, but obviously your whole team there. That sounds interesting. And what we do, and, and we 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 don't have a Luke, but we have a Courtney, and Courtney it does a similar sort of role for us. In this is for our rent to HMO portfolios in Bedford and Northampton, and one of the biggest surprises uh, for me, and I don't know if, if you've had this, I'm sure you have with Luke is that if, if, they've, if you've trained them up well enough, which I'm, I know you obviously have, they can do the job a hell of a lot better than you can. And yes. all of a sudden, other things happen. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure this is the same with Luke, but what we've had with Courtney is she can sell our rooms at a higher price than we have, for example. Yes. She's younger and basically has much more engagement with our natural customers in our rooms, which means they like her more than they like some old git like me. And it, it's wonderful to see because she's absolutely flourishing. But it actually also means that we're building with Courtney a much more of a sense of community in our HMO management business. And I think, I don't know what your experience has been um, in, in 2020, but I think this is um, so important now, especially with all the uncertainty and anxiety uh, with, with lockdown over many, many months this year. But the community aspect is something which has really uh, been encouraging. And, and we're trying to look at ways like you of, of improve everything we do so we really focus on community and looking after people way more than we've ever done before for next year and beyond have you found something like that or, or are those some of the things that you're thinking of too for next year yes oh absolutely uh luke is 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 young uh, um as as well and uh he's he's just he's just great with people um he says <laughs> maybe i shouldn't give away his secrets but he says <laughs> if anyone comes to a view with their mum they're taking the room. Yeah. <laughs> but he well, finds... obviously works. 
Mums, mums love him, apparently, <laughs> especially. But and the other great thing is he he's he's spearheaded some campaigns. So it was his idea to focus on reviews, and that's been phenomenal because people people want to give Luke a review. I mean, Luke looks after them first. I mean, you have to be amazing first before you can ask for the review. But he he is amazing, and uh, he looks after people and. Uh, but now he's asking them for the review consistently. And now I think it's, it's over 70 or over 80 reviews for HMO Heaven. That's and amazing. Actually, people do mention it. Like, actually, like when landlords get in touch, they mention it. Mm. And when, when tenants actually get in touch, sometimes they Google us. You know, they see us on Spare Room and then they Google us. Um, and they mention it as well. And, and it's something that Luke puts in his ads on, on Spare Room. So I think what you're saying is, is absolutely correct, that the service and the care is, is really important. And one final word on this is when it all stopped moving totally, it, mm. well, it did in Newport, when we had the very first lockdown, and then it just went from, we were just about to move in one person mm. into a, 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 a room that you know, was next day changeover. And that person then didn't move in. And then loads of people moved out and it just mm. went, uh, it, and then hardly anybody was moving. But when it opened up again, we were right there, or Luke was right there. Would you like to move? Would you like to view? Whereas other agents could not be seen for love nor money. Mm. They couldn't arrange the viewings. They couldn't get a reply. Da, 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 da. And that's how we were able to fill after, um, after the lockdown because we yeah. were totally on it. Yeah, that's important, isn't it? I think maybe part of that, um, Steph, if you agree with this, is because you are in control of your own business and Luke feels obviously a valued member of the team and he's also part of that business. And therefore you're going to be much more um, engaged or uh, maybe um, hungrier to yes. go and work with potential clients and uh, get new properties than uh, a mainstream letting agency who might be part of a franchise or a bigger operation and somebody who does. The equivalent of Luke's role it's just on a salary and they, they have no um, uh, involvement or feeling of a commitment to the company they work for. I wonder if that's a, a factor for, for the operation you've created. Yeah, and I, I, I'm sure you find this as well, uh, Jamie, is when you're offering a guaranteed rent, obviously that's your business and your profit. If you, don't, mm. if you are not operating to a high standard and your rooms are not mainly full, then you're just working for your landlords yes. and there's nothing in it for you. So, um, yeah. so it's in our benefit to, uh, to really manage it well. And the thing I say to people who are worried about it, you know, who are maybe just getting started, is if you've only got one or two properties it's actually really easy to keep them for. Yeah. It's not a full-time job by any manner of means. And you've got one month's notice to fill the room. I mean, it's, there's, it's no problem at all. We had 100% occupancy for a long, long time. Um, but it's when you've got more rooms, obviously, there's more, more balls in the air. Yeah, yeah. And as I say, it's much more of a challenge to get those rooms filled and keep your clients happy. And the happier they are, they tend to stay longer, which is, again, a, a positive all round. Um, yep. So, Stephanie, thank you for sharing that about uh, HMO Heaven. Do you mind if I ask, you know, how many rooms or, or HMOs we're talking about under management now with, with HMO Heaven? So we can get a scale, so our listeners can get a scale of how big the business yeah. is. Yeah, so it's, it's just over 100 rooms and over 20 yeah. HMOs. We've actually cut back of two 
recently because we want to focus on 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 the properties and the relationships mm. where we feel it's a good match and we've had a couple uh with one set of landlords where that 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 match wasn't really quite there <laughs> let's yeah. put it like that <laughs> yeah we've all done those I don't, I don't know about you um stephanie when you started working with uh, with nikki but when steve and i started um we got the first couple but the first one was always hard because we didn't really have the belief that we could do it we knew what to do we knew the process but we didn't have to actually have the belief initially that we could do this thing um so we got the first one and that was cool then we got the second one and that was cool then we got a bit cocky and then right let's really go for it now this is back in 2014 um and we again admittedly in hindsight we took on a few properties we shouldn't have taken on board whereby we were going for growth and yeah. they were a bit borderline and yeah. the yeah. relationship or the potential of working with a landlord or a certain letting yeah. agency um uh, even though our gut feel was telling us one thing yes. i.e run a mile yes. uh, we didn't yeah. <laughs> we chased the deal yeah uh, and, and we've had to give back a couple of properties too because they, yeah. they just haven't they haven't worked on both sides but i think because of that dynamic yeah and uh, and saying that you're so you're so right it's like we were talking earlier relationships are everything mm. um relationships are business relationships are life because your business how you feel running your business is how you feel living your life yeah. so make it good yes <laughs> yeah. bring back and, and i think maybe that's a difficult thing to do for many people uh, because if you come from an employment background where you are working for somebody else, you're doing a job and you're getting a salary, whatever that might be, and you either like it, you hate it, you put up with it, but that's your income stream. But I think it's very different when it's your business yeah. because you might not necessarily believe this, but you are in control of who you work with, how you operate, and where you're going. And I think some people, again, I'll be the first to admit, We've, we've made mistakes in the past where we've taken on properties or done various deals that haven't necessarily worked for us. Yeah. Um, but it's only with, again, stepping back and, and taking a review as to what we're doing and how we're operating, where you think, actually, I'm my own boss now. Do I really need this thing over here? Should I, should I park that? Or should I get rid of that and focus on the bits I really like? Uh, yeah. And that's been a real learning for us, actually. We, we, we're, we're by no means perfect. Uh, we're making mistakes all the time. We're getting things right all the time. And it's a, con as you, I think you mentioned it, it's a constant juggling between all these different things that you're doing. Do you find it difficult to juggle all those different priorities and, and uh, business uh, aspects in, in your, 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 your property businesses? It probably wasn't always the case, but I am very focused on what outcomes do I want for this year, this three mm. months, this week, this day. Um, now that hasn't always been the case. It's something I grew into. I used to be a professional level procrastinator. I could have, okay. <laughs> I could easily have competed for Great Britain, if not the world, uh, in the pro procrastination Olympics. Um, but, oh, there's no world. <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I would have got a gold. Um, but over time, the same skills of managing your mind to manage good relationships are the same skills to manage yourself to deliver for yourself consistently. And that was another of the like, oh, my God, is it that yeah. easy? It's basically, it's you and you. So one of you wants to get all this stuff done. The other mm. one is scared, does not want to do anything just in case everybody criticizes it. What if it's out there and it's wrong and it's this and it's that, and that one doesn't want you to do anything scary. 
and you have to have that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Coax yourself into it so that you deliver. And then after a while, it's not even the conversation anymore. You just know that when you sit down there to do it, if it's written on your thing, you're going to deliver it. And um, yeah. I'm, I'm much further along that road now than, than, than I used to be. Oh, that's really good. And do you think working again, coming back to, to Nikki, working with Nikki as your, your business partner, your sister, but also I guess your almost like accountability buddy, yeah. do you find that also helps you to get things done? Because you're not only committing it to yourself, but obviously to, to Nikki too. Yeah, I think it, um, yeah, I mean, that, that would, that would help. That, that does help. But, um, I, I feel I feel as committed to myself now as uh, you know that makes me work as hard as as being committed to Nikki. But yeah, it's it's great it's great having the team. It is it is. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And and you mentioned um, you you mentioned beforehand, um, Stephanie, that uh, I believe you said you've got a, you've got a child too. And is your forgive me? Is it son daughter? Son son, son. Alex. So it, 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 I mean, how do you find it being um, you must be a role model to him, obviously, you know, bringing him up by yourself anyway. So he must look up to you. Has, has he taken any uh, interest in what you're doing in your property businesses? Yeah. So, so Alex was, he, he, I mean, he was just such a lovely, a lovely baby, a lovely boy growing up. You know, you speak to parents and they had one who was like a dream and the other one who cried all the time. <laughs> it's not <laughs> anything to say how they were as people, but. As, as, as for parents, it can be harder or easier, can't it? Yeah. But Alex was easy. He was just a joy from the start. And he's, he's just such a, a loving, caring, family-oriented person. Mm. Uh, he works in IT. Um, he's quite a cautious person. Mm. So, but he has now bought his own place, which I'm really proud of him. Amazing. All on his own, because he likes okay. to, uh, you know, he saved his money. He chose the area that he could easily afford he did not want to be subsidized on that mm. um we did persuade him to contribute a little bit to the refurbishment he had to go back to brick and uh he found that really hard during lockdown this was um yeah, so we we were we weren't able to because nikki's very good at all that sort of thing obviously um but yeah so i'm, I'm thrilled that he's now on the ladder he's loving it and I'm, I would hope you don't like to push things on people, even your children, that the next step would be to buy some investment properties and perhaps to, you know, have HMO Heaven Birmingham branch. Uh, yeah. Is that where he's based, up in Birmingham? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Loads of opportunity up there. It, it's funny. The reason I asked the question, it was a very, very loaded question, Stephanie, is because I've got uh, two daughters and... Um, they are they're of, a, of an age where well i'll tell you how about 16 going on 17 and uh, 20 okay so um it's one of those things but i've been doing this for quite a long time and i've been you know without a proper job as my mum called it for a very long time now 2012 is when i stopped working oh, wow. uh, and did property so in their formative years they've seen that you know that roller coaster of a ride of setting up and becoming a business owner, a property investor, for example, they've seen obviously at home the good and the bad stuff. Mm. And, and I've been you know, trying to encourage them to do all these things. And um, I haven't been pushing down their throats at all because they're, 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 you know, they're much smarter than that and they're, they're sick of their old dad at times. But um, I am really encouraged where they've taken on nuggets of information or practices that they do um, that's going to set themselves 
up for life and something where, which I had no idea about in my 30s, let alone at their age. Yeah. And they, they've taken some things on. So I'm keeping quiet, I'm not telling them, but I'm actually really proud of, of some of the things they're doing behind the scenes. I'm just gonna watch and see where it goes. So I'm, I'm delighted for you, Alex is, is uh, you know, on the ladder now and, and maybe set up, set up on uh, uh, investing in the future. That's really cool. Yeah, because it's only been a few years for us of him seeing this, but what mm. I do see is that he's talking to me more about the the mindset some of the mindset things i've been surprised at that it's been taken on board because he's seen i haven't had to say because he's seen how i used to be to how i yeah. am now it's like night and day and so he's asking about some of that which i find really yeah exciting encouraging mm -hmm. and uh, yeah i'm excited for him because as you say when you know it younger you can just totally transform your life yeah Yes, I haven't met a single person who hasn't gone, oh, if I'd have known this stuff, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. I think we've all done that. But it doesn't really matter where we are, where we are. And at least, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're, you've understood it now and you're doing something about it. So I, I think it's never too late to start, but it's definitely nice if you can do it early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So, um, Stephanie, um, what about the rest of your business? Because uh, we've mentioned, obviously, HMO Heaven, and you do training, you provide training for so Rent to Rent too. But you also mentioned you've got seven limited companies. Yeah. So, um, and I mentioned in the intro that you're buying properties too, yeah. as it's not just Rent to Rent. So do you mind if I ask you a bit more about that, that side of it? Yeah, What, what yeah. do you start buying and, and what, what are you buying these days? Wow, it's been so it's been so exciting, Jamie, because that's not something that I thought that I would be doing. But we bought uh, we've got twenty eight units, so it's a mixture of multi unit blocks, commercial, and HMOs. And right. I'll tell you, we started in I think it was the end of two thousand seventeen. So we've been doing it. We've been doing rent to rent for eighteen months, mm. and we'd seen or Nikki had seen. Give her some credit she'd seen a commercial property uh, in a residential area on a corner with three parking spaces that we thought we could change into an eight bed HMO. Okay. And it was on for cheaper than resi. Uh, it was on it for one eight, what, excuse me, one, four, eight, one, one hundred. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. And we, we bought it. And we were intending to turn it into an HMO, as I say, but in Newport Council don't really like HMOs. So it's not to say we couldn't have got it, we could still have tried. But our architect came up with an idea of four flats. Now we hadn't thought four flats because the building's on three floors and we could see how you could do three flats. And originally the architect had sort of said two flats and I thought that wouldn't really work. But they came back with four because one of them is a, a duplex with... Okay. Anyway, um, we loved the plans and they got approved for planning. And the other thing I love about buying commercial is when you're buying it with the tenants in situ, which we were with that one, mm. from the day you buy it, it's cash flowing. Yeah. And there's no management as such although nikki probably would say what do i know because <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> you're out of the day-to-day -day running Stephanie. what are you talking about <laughs> she has to say <laughs> as far as to my knowledge there's no management <laughs> because the 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 tenants are managing the um the multi the majority of any repairs or anything of that nature mm. and so they had carried on 
So that was great. So all the time we were getting planning, we're getting paid from our tenants and their lease, they extended. Mm. And now we've mutually agreed with them to end their lease in March next year. And when they end in March next year, we're going to have everything set up to go in with the refurbishment and all of that. Turn it into four flats. It's right opposite the train station. Wonderful. It's just amazing. Amazing buy. That's fantastic. And so um, do you have any ideas yet what the end value of that property could be once you do the works? Yeah, um, it, it, can, it can vary. The reason why I'm slightly hesitant is mm. uh, converted flats here, you can see them on for between, you know, uh, on average, nice ones, 80, maybe you could go over 100 okay. per unit. So I would say... You, if they were really nice, you, you possibly could, and I, ours will be really nice. Mm. But with the market, how it is, um, I would say if we said to be conservative, anywhere between like 360 and, you know, 400 plus. That's great. I mean, bear in mind, you buy it for 148, I think you mentioned. And that's extraordinary, isn't it? And, and, I'm, and I'm sorry, forgive me for talking over you. Not at all. We'll obviously spend on converting as well. Yeah. Mm. But even so, that's a great return, especially if you can then refinance and pull out, you know, a chunk of money at some stage. Yeah. Uh, I, I get what you're saying about this uncertainty in the market right now. We've just uh, we've just done a, a project on behalf of uh, an investor and a three bed house that we converted into an eight bed, eight on suite HMO yeah. with a double story extension. Wow. And, and literally last week was when the, the, the revaluation finally came through on a commercial basis. And uh, it was pretty good. It wasn't quite what we thought it was going to be. But it still means that most of the, the funds are returned. Um, so the, the investor's happy. But we, we've been on tenterhooks over the last couple of months because, because we're recording this, obviously, Stephanie, um, for those of you listening to this episode you know, in the future, we're recording this towards the end of 2020 in December. And um, there's been so much uncertainty in the marketplace um, that we were wondering where if we would actually get the, the levels that we were expecting or above or indeed below. And thankfully, it's been not quite where we wanted it, but not far from it which is really encouraging for me. But w with your commercial unit you've just bought uh, or you're, you're going through planning, um, have you found it less competitive than buying oh, yeah. like a single let or a buy to let or an HMO, for example, in Newport? Yes. Oh, my gosh, Jamie. Uh, somebody in Newport <laughs> has been telling everybody how amazing it is. So everybody wants to buy property here. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, um, I'll try and edit out with the word Newport in this podcast <laughs> so we don't spread it too far and wide for you. <laughs> so, so, yeah, HMOs have gone way beyond. So, for example, um, another property that we bought in Newport is, uh, is, is got 12 units. And it's each unit, it works out to £32,000 per unit. Wow. Well, you can't even get an HMO in Newport for oftentimes for that price per unit. And the rental yeah. income is, is broadly speaking, uh, is very similar. But the management of, of an HMO is obviously more expensive than the management of independent units. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, there's a lot of competition for buying. In, in Newport but the advantage that we have there is that we're in Newport yes. <laughs> we know people here we're, we're seeing it all and a lot of people are obviously buying from outside um, but when we decided to start buying bigger units or accidentally fell into it which is more yeah. truthful <laughs> um, we we just realized 
this is what to do because fewer people want to buy these units because yeah. there are some hurdles for them because they're more difficult to finance, but also they're more difficult to manage. And if you don't mm. have that experience, we have that experience. We have our own agency. We feel confident. We know what we can manage. We know what areas are going to work. Because the other thing with Newport and with any area is you've got areas that are going to work for mm. the type of people you want and you've got areas that aren't yeah. and from outside Newport it's kind of difficult to know which is which and for us we can actually go into some of the areas that won't work because we know oh this area that will, won't work mm. on paper is actually it's not too bad around there and we know that because it's so close to the city centre this area is going to go up in value and we can rent this out consistently yeah. so it just gives you that edge because you it's know, definitely it. an advantage, isn't it? Having that local knowledge. Uh, I don't know about you, Stephanie, but uh, I see lots of people that uh, in various property communities that use sources and some sources are brilliant and they know their local knowledge and they use that to their advantage to secure good you know, deals on paper uh, for their investors or their deal packaging clients, for example. But there are also lots of people who are, in my opinion, um, rubbish at sourcing. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, they're doing it all over the country from an area they don't even know. They're yeah. doing it online. Um, they don't really know the ins and outs, of the good streets, yeah. the bad streets, like you're suggesting there. Um, and therefore, they're just trying to package it up and sell it to make an income. Um, but actually, they're not necessarily selling a good, solid investment for their clients. And I find that, um, uh, well, really incredibly annoying because I think lots of people in property, uh, inadvertently or otherwise, um, set themselves up as being an expert in it and they go and sell a training course or a product or a service for example with not a huge amount of background knowledge and experience behind them and i think that's a bit that's one of the downsides i think about um property and social media in particular have you found that or would you agree to that or do you disagree oh yes oh yes i i'm very skeptical about sources who source you know nationwide uh, I don't think that's really a service that you want to buy because I can source nationwide yeah. <laughs> from, my, <laughs> from my desk. I've got right um, move. <laughs> yeah, I've got right move. And I can, I can say, oh, that looks good on paper. You want something a little bit more than that, I think, from a sourcer. Um, people, but the thing is, people want the gift. You know, they want this amazing deal. Like, I have people get in touch with me and say, can you get me a rent-to-rent -rent lease option in such and such a place? And a rent-to-rent -rent lease option is where you, you, you well, you know, Jamie, you're, you, you're doing the rent-to-rent -rent and then you're, you're going to own the property at the end of it, uh, at the end of a specified period of time. So it's like everybody would want that deal. And yeah, you, don't need a lot of money. you don't need a lot of money up front. So therefore, who's going to sell you that deal? Yeah. Yeah, who in their right mind is going to sell that deal? So if we get asked a lot, a lot about that, um, sourcing in our own uh, rental HMO areas, which is Bedford and, uh, and Northampton currently. We've never sold one. We will refuse to sell one because this is our business. Like you guys, your business is in Newport. You know, you, you own your own agency and, and you're sourcing properties for yourselves. Um, I'm not going to give somebody else a, a property in our area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless we've decided we don't want it, in which case we don't really want to sell it because, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's not that that's one of the things. And, and I know that um, from listening that you're this exactly the same. It's about doing it the ethical way where yeah. it's a win for everybody. And you've got a business that you can be proud of. You can sleep well at night because you know that everything you do is is supporting to yourself and your business, but also to the people you work you're working with.
yeah and, and as you quite rightly say um your reputation is everything really and in some social media that that it is at the moment you will be shot down in flames in seconds if you do anything wrong whether it's you know, truly your fault or not so um this is i don't know about um, about your relationship with nikki but with steve and i and also with matt we're we are we are very, very, very conservative about what we do because of that reputational risk. We do not want to put ourselves on the line, whether we make a genuine mistake or not. We don't want to even put, be put ourselves in that position because, um, well, as you said, the reputation, especially in this day and age, is, uh, is almost sacrosanct for those who take their, their, their position seriously and the following they might put up on, on social media, for example. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Absolutely. Agree. Oh, so, so what does what does uh, 2021 look like uh, for yourself, Stephanie and Nikki? What, what's the plan for next year? Are you happy to share some of your things you're looking to do? Yeah, um, I, I always have big plans. <laughs> so, uh, but um, well, one is that we want to build up the HMO Heaven management business, the rent to rent side of the business. Um, we actually took on three properties in the lockdown from one landlord we were already working with. But oh, he'd given these three properties to someone else who had offered them a lot more money. And um, we just were marveling to ourselves. I don't know how these people can <laughs> offer such and such an amount. Well, actually, it turns out that they couldn't. They couldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so 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 we want to continue to grow the hbo management business um but as i say that doesn't take a lot of well effort on my side uh, i have to um but and then we want to for the for the buying properties we currently own 28 units and we would like to build that up to 100 units not not necessarily within one year but we're looking at for more opportunities to buy either big commercial units to convert or big um you know blocks of flats multi-unit blocks are amazing because you get you get to split the title potentially you get to renovate you get to buy at a low per unit cost you get to convert well well you you get the effects of converting without having those huge conversion costs soundproofing all of the rest of that. So multi-unit blocks. The other one is B and Bs um, and what the other one called care homes. Oh They're yes, of course. Conversion. You can buy them much more inexpensively mm. because there's often um, motivation from sellers. They're often willing to look at lease options or exchange with delayed mm. completion because lenders are less willing to lend on those type of businesses because those businesses tend to be less profitable for a number of reasons yeah because they're cash business a lot of other business a lot of other reasons as well yeah. um so there's a lot of opportunity there um so we want to build up those properties that we own and finally on the rent to rent success side um where we're teaching other people how to get started in rent to rent we're in the in the final stages of completing our rent to rent success book so um that will be published next next month brilliant so january 2021 and, and where can people get that book from uh, stephanie it'll be on rent to rent success.com but also it'll be on amazon as well and i want to say to you jamie a uh, huge congratulations on your book oh thank you fantastic read and uh, i do recommend that people get that I, oh, yeah, of course. That's very kind. <laughs> I, I do. I do try to keep up with all the all the books that come out in, in my area. Um, I love to. I, I 
I just love this stuff and I'd love to keep up with, with the best of, of uh, what, what, what's, what's out there. So I wasn't going to miss that opportunity. Well, again, good luck with that. As I mentioned before, we were chatting this morning, uh, Stephanie, for all of our listeners, uh, subscribers or otherwise, we're going to be putting in, in the show notes, all the links so that when you want to get in contact uh, with Stephanie and Nikki and, and the overall business, whether you want to buy the book or find out more about HMO Heaven, for example, or even just connect and find out more about, again, uh, what Stephanie and Nikki are doing uh, next year and the year beyond, uh, then we're going to put all your contact details in the show notes. So, so, uh, so yeah, they can, they can come over and, and find out more. That's what I love about these interviews because they're really free form um, chats and uh, people who listen to us, we always say, you know, we don't know all the answers, of course. We're not, you know, the font of all knowledge. We've got, we, all we do is we share our knowledge and experience. But there are hundreds of people who are also doing amazing things too, just like yourself and your sister. So that's why I love doing these interviews. So people listening and, and connecting with us on, the, uh, on this podcast episode can connect with you uh, in the show notes. So we're going to wrap this up in a minute, Stephanie. It's been a really lovely chat. So thank you so much for joining me. Uh, but before I do, I, I gave you a bit of a warning before this, uh, this interview. Okay. But I ask um, three questions <laughs> for, to many of my hosts afterwards. Uh, sorry, forgive me, any of my uh, guests. Um, just at the end of our, our chats, because I'd love people to, it's a bit more fun, but also I'd love people to get to know uh, my guests a bit more outside of property. So um, are you sure you're game if I ask you these questions? Yes, yes, I am game. You've suddenly looked very, very serious, Stephanie. I promise you, okay? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for this. <laughs> All right. So my first question is: uh, What thing or things have you changed your mind on recently? Slippers, slippers, Jamie. I okay. used to be a <laughs> A no slippers girl, uh, you know, it was all barefoot at home. This is obviously, um, but now I'm all about the slippers, um, sheepskin. Nice, so cozy, Jamie. Cozy, I know South Wales can be cold in winter. <laughs> I, I think this is what all the cool kids are now wearing. Okay, Am good. I right, well, uh, thankfully, um, <laughs> I, I'm now a cool kid. I mean, I've never been a cool kid ever in my life, as you can well and truly tell. But that was just, for those uh, just listening to the podcast, not watching the video on YouTube, I've just held up a slipper, as has Stephanie uh, on the video. So if you want to see what we're wearing on our feet, check it out. <laughs> Thanks, Stephanie. So, so what, about, um, what about absurd, stupid or fun things that you do, again, uh, outside of property? Yeah, well... My, my, my little obsessions are hot yoga. I okay. love that I've never so done much. That. Have you never done it? You need to no. get on this. Get on it, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Although not, not at the moment, everything's closed down. <laughs> um, and the other one is, well, this, the other one's a bit of source of a bit of um, badness because I was supposed to be taking the whole of November off um, and traveling and I haven't because oh, of the coronavirus although some people still have gone away haven't they but I, I didn't go um, but I I will go away from month next year not necessarily to Bali but maybe to Bali but maybe somewhere else but I, I want to go away for a whole month wonderful <laughs> and I guess that's the beauty of being your own you know business owner um, especially with, with Nikki working hard in the background for you. 
Oh, I'm not going to let her listen to this podcast. Yeah, no, sorry. I'll, I'll let you that bit out. Sorry. I'll let yourself <laughs> cut that bit out of the episode. Wonderful. So, so travel um, and hot yoga. Well, I must look into hot yoga. And my final question, uh, Stephanie, is what thing are you excited about or things are you excited about uh, right now? Yes. This is a good one. Well, I, some of the things I've already mentioned, I'm excited about multi-unit blocks. I'm excited about commercials and I'm excited about dash hands. Now, oh, okay. I don't know, Jamie, what's happened here, but I've become a dash hand uh, <laughs> obsessed. If I were to show you my Instagram or Facebook right now, uh, it's just filled. Facebook knows exactly the, the thing to get me with. It's the algorithm's following you. Uh, with little red, little red Santa hats, or um, they're just nosing with each other, or just going along as they go along. But um, yeah, I. So have you have I, you bought have, a dog? I don't. And the weird thing about this whole thing, Jamie, is we grew up with dogs, but oh. I find out later on I'm allergic to dogs. Okay, but yeah, that's not great. <laughs> but surely short haired uh, uh, dachshunds should be okay. Surely. I don't know. I need to find out more because I need to get a dog. Oh, uh, at okay. At some point, um, okay. I need to get that hand. It's building, Jamie. It's building, and <laughs> I, I will need to get a dog at some point. Maybe it'll be one of those bald ones. Yes. Uh, although I must admit, again, um, I share your sort of passion or slight obsession with with the small dogs. Maybe um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, wants to get a, a dash on too. I found out uh, uh, she's now back from university, and that's her big plan for two years' time when she finishes. But we have a miniature schnauzer. And um, oh. black-haired uh, miniature schnauzer, and they're cute, but also they're they're not. I'm, I'm going to get the words wrong. Are they hypoallergic? Then they they don't have allergies, or you don't you don't become um, um, allergic to them, for example. So maybe that's something else. If uh, well, you can have one, you can have one of each. One dash under one uh, one miniature schnauzer. And then we'd be matching, Jamie. You'd like well, this, you in a couple of years' time, you'll have the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Don't, don't get a dog right now, Stephanie. I don't know if you've heard of this, but we looked in lockdown 2.0 in, in, uh, in October uh, to get a second dog. And I was quoted £4,000 for a miniature schnauzer puppy, which is, I bought the first one, I mean, Pippa, um, uh, nine years ago, for 600 quid. I'm not spending four wow. grand on a, on a tiny puppy. So you've got to be careful. Anyway, well, I think our listeners have uh, learned a bit more about you, Stephanie. That's wonderful. Thank you for being game. I appreciate that. So um, slippers, hot yoga, and, and uh, uh, dash hands. So, so any of us who are following you in future on social media, we've got to check those bits out as well as your, your HMO and property experience. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to start posting on Facebook more yeah. about them. I look forward to it. I'm going to find out more about it. Okay, thank you. Well, listen, um, I just want to say a huge thank you again, Stephanie. It's been a real pleasure. Um, you've been an amazing host. Thank you for sharing um, your experience and your knowledge and how you got started in property and, of course, what you're doing now. And uh, I think it's been really invaluable, not just from a property's point of view, but also from a business and maybe even a, a life point of view, getting more out of, out of your life that you want and, and creating the life for you and your son. I think it's wonderful. So you've been a brilliant guest. Thank you so much for joining uh, me. How, how's it been for you? Oh, Jamie, the earth moved for me as well. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Okay, we better cut that out in case, um, anyway, never mind. <laughs> I'm glad it moved for you anyway. <laughs> it's, been, it's been amazing. I've really enjoyed uh, speaking to you. Um, and yeah, it's been great to be on. I, can't, I look forward to having you on, uh, on our podcast as well. 
Oh, thank you. And we'll, we'll put that in the show notes as well. That'd be wonderful. Good stuff. And listen, best of luck with your book. I will be buying the book in January. Uh, and as I mentioned, for all of our listeners and subscribers and, and people who watch us on YouTube, we're going to put all the contacts for and the links for, for Stephanie and her businesses in the show notes. So go and check her out, please. Um, so that, that that's it from me. Um, all it leads me to say is, again, thank you, Stephanie, once again. Thank you for everybody listening and watching this episode. Please give us a review. Please rate us. Give us some feedback. And if there's anything you want us or anybody you'd like us to interview in the future, please reach out to us in all the usual ways on your social media platforms, your podcast uh, platforms, and of course on YouTube. Let us know uh, what you think of this episode. Let us know your feedback. And of course, whatever you do, go and connect with, uh, with Stephanie as well. So on behalf of myself, Matt and Steve, uh, this is another episode of the HMO uh, Experience Property Podcast done. And please check out next week's episode too. See you all soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, really hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Before you head off, I'd like you to do three things. First off, make sure you hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to so that you get weekly notifications as to when new episodes drop. The second thing is, if you haven't joined Clubhouse yet, Make sure you do. It's only available on Apple devices at the moment. But Jamie, Steve, and myself host um, the HMO Experience Property Club Room on Fridays at 5 p.m. on Clubhouse. Uh, so it's an all-access forum where you can come on and ask us any questions that you want uh, regarding HMO, rent-to-rent, our respective property journeys, or any other tips and tricks around business um, that we're able to answer. And the third thing is, if you haven't done so already, make sure you head over to Facebook and join the Property and HMO Forum, where you can mingle with like-minded property investors in our HMO experience community. That's it, guys. See you next week.